welcome to Books and Beyond with your hosts, Alison and Inika. Join us for information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and more. Brought to you by Auckland Council Libraries. Nga pa taka korero o tamaki makoro. No mai haere mai kia and welcome to Books and Beyond. This is your host Alison and I'm joined on this Zoom call by the author Jade Pingeli, whose book Tales of a Vet Nurse, The Highs and Heartbreak of Caring for the Animals We Love, has just been published by HarperCollins. And Jade is talking to me today from Christchurch. Kia ora, Jade. Good morning. Lovely to, to see you on this call. Now, look, Jade, congratulations on the book. Um, it's just a wonderful book. I wanted to ask you, how did it feel to, to have the book published? Uh, very surreal, I would say. It definitely doesn't still feel real, but it's very exciting to be getting some photos of people seeing the book in stores. Yeah, oh, I imagine it, it is. It must be a great feeling. And look, it's a it's a great looking book. I I really love the the cover, and I love that emboss the embossed paw prints on the the back of it. It's just really lovely. Um, and I particularly enjoyed reading the book too. I just thought it, it was amazing. So congratulations again. Thank you now, so much. Yeah. Oh, look, no problem. Now, look, can you tell us um, a little bit about how the story first came to be? Uh, the idea for the story came to me during the first lockdown, during the COVID um in 2020, I was working in quite a busy practice in the UK at the time, and I just felt like I had two lives almost, this life that when I went home, I was living on my own, it was very lonely and isolating, and then at work, it was the busiest and craziest it had ever been, we were seeing a lot of emergencies, a lot of really unusual situations that we'd never dealt with before, and I guess by having the two of those things going on in my life, I felt like I just needed to write some stories down and just get some things out of my head and onto paper. Yeah, oh, that's really interesting. You know, I think a lot of authors um, found they were quite motivated by the their experiences during the pandemic. It's interesting, isn't it, how, you know, the, the consequences of these sort of major world events. <laughs> now, um, Jane, you trained as a, a journalist um, before doing a, a science degree where you majored in animal sciences and then you did a diploma in veterinary nursing. I guess with the, with the journalism side of things, um, I guess it was only a, a matter of time before you wrote a book about caring for the animals we love. Do you think you always wanted to write a book? I think I did. Um, I definitely remember loving writing as a child. Um uh, particularly creative writing, but I think that studying journalism helped me to write about real world facts and things that went on in day to day. So perhaps that shifted my focus on writing a bit more. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I, you know, I was wondering if if journalism, well, I imagine it would teach you to craft a, a good story. Um, so, yeah, I guess it just everything aligned 
I guess, yeah. uh, for you, didn't it? And um, what's the process of, of finding a publisher like uh, once you've written a manuscript? Uh, for me, it was just a Google search, really. I looked up publishers in New Zealand. Um, I had one or two chapters written down, had one of those days where I woke up and had bursts of inspiration and motivation. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I'll just send it out and see what feedback I get back. Mm. Not really expecting that someone would want to take it on just yet. Um, but I was contacted by Harper Collins, who said, look, we really enjoy your your first chapter, which was funny stories, I believe. Uh, yes. We would really like to do a whole book. So it just spiralled from there, really. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, that first chapter is is great. And it, it certainly did have some some hilarious um, stuff in it. And um in the in the book and in, in the subsequent chapters, you talk about the the highs and the heartbreak of of caring for our furry friends. What do you think when you know on a typical day in a vet clinic, what would be the ratio of of high to to heartbreak? Would you think? I think on a typical day, you're generally dealing with eighty to ninety percent good things. Oh, okay. Sad things day-to-day, which I think is really important for your mental health. I think if it was the other way around, you'd never be able to go to your job. You'd just be dreading it. So uh, there, of course, are sad things intertwined throughout the day, but uh, mostly positive. Oh, that's really good to know. I was worried that you might say it's 50-50 or, you know, something like that. Um, And, of course, we talk about highs and heartbreaks, but so much, so many of your stories were heartbreaks heartwarming as well like the tortoise that that had the prosthetic leg I mean that was just incredible (laughs) um and I I wanted to ask you what what chapter or or what story in the book was the most difficult to write I think probably the story about Rover was the most difficult who is a dog that we lost after doing surgery on Mm. Um, I think mostly because I just remember his face and his eyes and Mm. just the look of desperation he he gave me while I was looking after him um it was just a real help me look and I felt quite devastated at the time that we weren't able to save his life and I think remembering that emotion as as I was writing it down I think it ended up being one of my biggest stories that I wrote down it was about 6,000 words as I wrote it down Mm. and I think it was just an outpouring of emotion onto the page yeah oh and because that that story was was heartbreaking um and but so well well written and which um you talked a bit about um having to euthanize our our companion animals and I must admit um a lot of those passages made me made me cry actually because I guess I was thinking about the animals that I've loved and and lost um would you say that euthanasia is the hardest part of being a vet nurse or am I simplifying it too much for me personally it's not but I think that would change from veterinary professional you know it, it would be different from person to person um, but for me, I feel like euthanasia is such a gift that we can give to our animals mm. and that we can alleviate their suffering. Um, when you hear stories of 
people that die of long illnesses and you hear the heartbreak that, that caused their families, I feel like it's um, such a gift that we don't have to watch our animals, our beloved animals go through that. And, you know, 95% of all of the euthanasias I've assisted with have been so quick and peaceful and, yeah, I just, I just feel like it's such a gift. So it's not a bad part mm. of my job at all, but I could see that for other people it could be quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, you make a really good point about that, and um, it, it is a gift, isn't it? And I suppose with my old elderly animals that, you know, where we've had to make that decision, that's been one way that I've consoled myself afterwards, that, you know, at least she didn't have to to suffer an, an awful ending. So, yeah, no, that's a, a really good, good point. So um, let's move on to something a bit um, uh, brighter um, and let's talk about the humour that um, you see and you write about the humorous situation so well. And I was thinking that, you know, so often in professional settings, I'm thinking of human nursing as well, where where you've got heartbreak and tragedy. There are, you know, these moments of hilarity that um, colleagues will usually bond over. Um, do you have a, um, a theory as to why some situations just become so hilarious? You know, especially when you do hard, really hard stuff as well. I think maybe it is a a way of mental reprieve when you do deal with such difficult situations. You do become very closely bonded with your colleagues because you go through hard times together. So very much lean on each other in those hard times, but also come together and celebrate those happy and funny times. And I think we just have this such strong awareness of how grateful we are and how wonderful it is when something funny happens because we know that in an hour we could be facing a very traumatic or difficult situation so grab onto those good times yeah yeah oh, and sort of make the most of them and man some of those stories were funny I'm just I don't think I'll ever forget that anecdote about the dog's anal glands and the, <laughs> and the moral of the story is to always keep your mouth closed when you always mouth closed <laughs> that was so funny in fact I was having a cup of coffee when I was reading that and I kind of um spat my coffee <laughs> all over my papers so um no it was very good now um in the book your stories include quite technical descriptions about resuscitating animals and performing complex procedures on on various species so, and I was thinking about your your job. You know, it's like having to be an ICU nurse, a neonatal nurse, a geriatric specialist, plus a theatre nurse. You know, plus probably heaps more things all at once. And um, because it's such a, a technical and complex role that you you perform. And then, I, so I was thinking about how. Traditionally, vet nurses have have always been paid so poorly, and so it just doesn't seem right. And and surely that's got to change. Yeah, and and I really do agree. I think that vet nurses are so unique and that they have to be extremely flexible, um, pick up a new task. You could be taking the X-ray of an animal one moment and then 
performing anesthesia the next and then you could be taking blood um, they really are such adaptable people and the skills that you need as you say are very technical so it is very disappointing that the veterinary industry has not yet recognized how important those skills are to the day-to-day -day running of a vet practice and vet nurses all across the world are crying out for change and hoping to see that their skills will be recognized uh, better and that hopefully the pay does improve for vet nurses in the future because it is still notoriously low some vet nurses are making one or two dollars more than minimum wage mm -hmm. an hour even though they have such technical and important skills yeah yeah so hopefully things things are going to change um yeah let's let's fingers crossed on that because man you guys deserve it so much now um you as well as being so technical um you were an essential worker uh during the COVID pandemic and um i imagine that you had to be really innovative in how you dealt with not just your your animal patients but your human patients as well um what was that like it was very interesting, um, difficult, and also we just sort of were coming up with things as we went each day. So I was working in the UK and we had the rules set out by the, the Royal Veterinary Council of the UK and the British Veterinary Council as well. Uh, so they would sort of give us an update once or twice a week as to what rules we were allowed to work under. And then each vet practice had slightly different interpretation of those rules as well. Uh, so for the practice I was working at, that was a pause on vaccines unless they were critical, a pause on all routine surgeries like desexing. Um, <clears throat> we weren't allowed to do anal gland expression, so oh. I had to learn to do that over the phone. <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> and then a lot of people were having to drop their dogs and, and cats off at the door and then step back and then there would either be a discussion over the phone or at a distance and then the vet or vet nurse would take the animal inside, perform the consultation, normally ring the owner who was outside to say, have you noticed this or that, put up the medications that they need, drop them at the door and, and then the owner would take them away. So it was quite a long winded process, um, but we really were just getting through day by day at that point. <clears throat> yeah, and I, and I suppose because you were saying earlier about how vet nurses just have to be so flexible and um, and that was a word we all learnt, wasn't it? That flex um, pivot and all that sort of thing. Yeah, but it, it did make things so complex or, or that added that layer of complexity to to your working day. Um, we're talking about your human clients. How do you think um, your human patients can can make your working days easier or, or less stressful? I think if there are a pair of clients coming in together with one animal, if they can decide on what symptoms they have seen in the animal before they get to the consult room that is helpful for the vet because often vets have conversations where one owner is saying oh the dog was doing this and then the other person says no that's not that's not what's happening this is oh. what I've the dog that can make it quite confusing for the vet so I think they would appreciate if people had the idea ready to go before they got there um, but I think also 
for me, it would be really nice if the public could know that vets and nurses don't set the prices mm. um, of the veterinary procedures. So please try not to give the vet staff a hard time about mm. their bills because it's not set by them. They really are just there to try and help your animal. Mm. Um, it can be really demoralizing to hear day in and day out about how expensive it is to do the treatment uh, that is required for the animal. And we totally agree. We know that mm. it's a but it costs a lot of money to run a vet practice and mm. we don't set the prices so please be understanding that although it is often a big bill to stomach um, it's not us that's setting that mm. oh no thanks for for that and I'm sure our, our listeners will really appreciate that reminder too and um, you know certainly if you read the book you'll see how much care and an effort goes into every one of our companion animals and and also the tests and the equipment are so expensive as well so yeah yeah so I oh know I'm glad I'm glad you um talked about that because I, I I do believe that people need to be mindful of that as well and that you you people are human as well and you've got to go home at the end of the day and 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 it is horrible if if someone's been verbally abusive to you in, in those worst cases. So, Jade, if if you could change one thing about the lives of our companion animals, what what would that be? I think personally, and probably going off of the back of my last comment, is I would love for vet care to be more accessible and affordable for everyone in New Zealand. Um, I don't foresee how that could happen just mm -hmm. yet unless there was some form of subsidisation or it was more affordable for pet insurance so that all mm. animals were covered by that. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to become any cheaper for a vet practice to run and pay their own bills. They need to cover their overheads. But I would love to see even desexing, preventative health vaccinations, all those types of things, just be accessible to everyone so that all animals can get the care that they they need and that they deserve. Mm, mm, yeah, I think um, I'd have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Now, um, when um, so people read read the the book, um, what would you hope that that a reader would take away? from the story and it might be that you've already sort of answered that um, but any other thoughts about what 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 will will take away from your book I think for me what I really want people to know is just what vet nurses do I think that the public aren't that aware of what the role of a veterinary nurse is um, and just how important they are to your vet's care and, and what they do behind the scenes uh, I hope that people learn something from the book about the animals and what goes on when the animal, you know, crosses that that line out to the back of the vet practice and the owner doesn't get to see. And I hope that they understand that we really are there to provide the best care that we possibly can. Uh, mm. for the yeah. Oh, thanks for that. Yes, I'm sure. I think you um, that does come through really, really strongly. So, yeah, let, let's hope people do absorb all of that. Now, um, getting back to, to your life, uh, Jade, you talk um, about being quite a reader as a, as a youngster and um, 
In fact, you're quite a diagnostician, if that's a word too, about animals. You you know, you really picked up um, a lot of information from your books. And I'm, I imagine if you've still got time that you, you still are a reader. But do you have any books that you'd recommend for, I'm thinking about for young people who are into animal stories and, you know, might be interested in a, perhaps a career in the animal field? Uh, I must admit, because I was such a horse lover as a child, most of my childhood books were focused on horses. Mm-hmm. So I love to read um books like Pony Pals, which had a lot of really cool medical information and how to care for your pony dotted through with childhood adventures with their ponies. Uh, I loved the Saddle Club. Oh, yes, yeah. The Thoroughbred series. And then for reading about cats and dogs, I actually really loved the Chicken Soup for Animal animal Lovers Soul books. Oh, yes. enjoyed them um, as a young teenager and I felt like I I really loved how emotional they were and how you could see the love for animals come through in them. That's great I've just made a quick note of those but what we will do we'll include those uh, titles in our show notes and um, I must say those um, series the horse series um, in public libraries are really still really uh, popular so they're yeah, they're, they're great books. No, that's awesome. Now, have you got any um, plans for perhaps another volume of veterinary tales? I definitely have enough stories for another two or three books, and I would love to write another book, but I think I want to see the public perception first. And right. if, if there is a want for another book, I would definitely write another one. Mm. Oh, I, I sure hope that that does eventuate. Now, and what about fiction? Do you do you think you'd ever consider writing writing a novel? I think I would if I didn't uh, have another full time job on the side. Mm. I think that it's easier for me to write in a more journalistic style than perhaps sit down and think up creative writing ideas. Um, so I just need a little bit more time. So m- maybe as I get a bit older and hopefully have a bit more time on my hands, it's definitely something I'd love to give a go. Yeah, yeah. And it's that time factor too, isn't it? When you're yeah, working full time and yeah, paying your mortgage and you know, all yeah. of that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And do you, would you have any advice, um, or getting back to non-fiction writing, would you have any advice for, for people who might be thinking of, of writing a book of non-fiction? I think if you're wanting to write non-fiction and you have a specific idea, make sure you jot things down as they come to to your brain because I really find that I could be out somewhere and have some inspiration of I need to write down that story and I just jot it down on my phone and then it's funny how quickly you forget about those things and you can come back and you can really help piece together a whole book from things like that and I think just jot everything down Um, the best advice I got from my editor was just write everything you can always cut it shorter but it's much harder to make it longer so just write everything down in as much detail as you possibly can think of the the colors and the descriptions of characters um, of people animals or whatever it is you're writing about um, is really useful 
That's yeah, that's really good good advice. And um, you know, I've spoken to other authors who use the the notes function on their phones as well. That I mean, that that's just fantastic that we have the technology. Um, that so you if you go out and all you've got is your phone, um, you you can still write um any observations or thoughts inspiration yeah that's a great thing about phones isn't it <laughs> that we that we all seem to carry with us well look i've just really enjoyed talking to you today jade and um i've loved the book and i've re- been recommending it like mad to to friends even my some vet friends of ours um it's been great and I'm loving that I've I've seen it's getting well reviewed too so it's nice to see that so I just wanted to thank you um, profusely for being on our podcast today it's just been wonderful to chat with you um, and I really believe that that Tales of a Vet Nurse it's going to be such an important addition to the the collection of works about caring for our companion animals so congratulations once again and um just wanted to wish you all the best for for everything you do in the future jade thank you so much it was so lovely to talk to you and i really hope that um all readers enjoy the book yeah i'm pretty sure they will so thanks once again and to our listeners um, thanks for tuning in today this program was brought to you by Auckland Council Libraries. Ngā pātaka kōrero o Tāmaki Makaurau. Find us at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz Contact us by sending an email to reading at aucklandcouncil.govt.nz